The PropCast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a free-to-play app that lets you bet on all your favorite NFL player props for a chance to win awesome prizes. Download the app today over at BetterFantasy.com SGPN. That's BetterFantasy.com SGPN. We're also brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io SGPN. That's SoBet.io SGPN. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Welcome everyone to the PropCast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is NFL Super Wild Card Weekend, and we have you guys covered with our player props for all the games that are happening in the NFL playoffs this weekend. Currently Friday evening, 6.03 on the East Coast, but joining me Today, we got a full house of sharp guys and my guys from the West Coast. First, it's going to be my main man, Dan Titus. Dan, how you feeling this uh, Friday afternoon, buddy? feel great, man. We, get, we had a really successful week 18, and I'm yeah. ready for some playoff football, man. We got Saturday, Sunday, Monday, super wild card weekend, and we got some good props, I think, and we're going to go over some of our season long. We had a pretty good success there, too, but uh, yeah. excited to have Rod on as well. Yeah, and joining me as usual, of course, can't forget about my my man, Rod. He joined me every single week um, after midway through the season for the Thursday night football games. Uh, but Rod, the host of the Fantasy Football Podcast. Rod, how are you feeling this Friday afternoon, buddy? I am so ready for football again on, on Saturday. Uh, you know, this there's no Monday night. There's no Thursday night thing was killer. I just, I'm ready for some football. Uh, just like Dan said, though, I was pretty happy with the way uh, this, this whole football season kind of read, I know there was a lot of dips and turns and stuff, but I dove yeah. deeper into the pool that I've ever di- dove before. And uh, I got to tell you, I've had some of the most fun that I've ever had as a football uh, fan. And, and I guess analyst, if you want to put it in quotes yeah. uh, that I've ever had this season. So yeah, it's been a hell of a ride. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, so uh, plenty of ways to go till we find out who is going to hoist the trophy at the end of the season. But uh, quickly want to go over the plan of the show. Um, I thought this was a great time for Dan and I to recap our season-long player props um, that we had um, prior to the season. We'll just quickly go through the divisions by division, um, give you uh, how we did, and then uh, give final thoughts on our season-long props on what we learned um, going forward. I think that's going to be a key lesson for the both of us. We had a lot of conversations offline about this. And then um, Dan and I will identify the, our best pick that we made and probably also the worst pick that we made. I think that's going to be a little fun segment. So we'll quickly go through that. And then um, Rod will jump in and then we'll each give you uh, three player props each 
with a best bet at the end. And then uh, final thoughts, two of a, Two out of the three of us have uh, teams in the playoffs. One of us doesn't have a head coach right now. And if you guys know which, uh, which guy that is, uh, you guys can figure that out if you've been listening to us. But uh, let's just dive right into it, Dan. Um, you know, we started this PropCast right before the football season. And, and, you know, we thought that it would be just for NFL, but we've gotten into the NBA as well. And uh, we started previewing the divisions. And we said, hey, why not we get into some season-long player props um, so let's just dive right into it, man. Uh, let's start it off with the AFC West player props here. And, um, this was probably one of my three best divisions that I had. Um, I'll quickly go through, uh, my, um, quarterback prop here. I took Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas city chiefs. I boldly took the under on his passing yards at 5,050 and a half. He finished the season with 4,839. Um, Got off to kind of a slow start to the season. He was turning the ball over a lot, uh, Dan, but, um, you know, that one came into me. I remember making this pick on the on the podcast with you, and you kind of raised your eyebrows when I made the with the pick, and, and you said, hey, man, that's a big balls move. But, um, yeah, I thought that he would, he would regress just a little bit this season, and he did. Um, and then for yours, uh, Dan, you took Justin Herbert of the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. You took the under 4,515 and a half passing yards. Uh, he finished with 4,631, Dan. Yeah, that one, I, I don't feel like I missed by that much of a margin, uh, but no. yeah, either way, it's an L. It should have faded Justin Herbert. This is, and, and so before we get into the whole rest of this division, yeah, I went over three in this division, so clearly I don't know what's going on in the AFC West. So I got to re I got to course correct for next season because this was not my division. Yeah. I actually look back at like, you're right. You've missed this by like 80 something yards. And there's two games that, uh, when I highlight, it was at Pittsburgh game where it was an absolute shootout where you had 382. And then I think the last one was the Cleveland Browns where he almost went off for 400 passing yards. But, um, yeah, I mean, Justin Herbert definitely is going to be a quarterback of the future for the Los Angeles Chargers. Let's move over to our running backs. Um, I had, uh, let's see, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, under seven and a half rushing touchdowns. He finished with four, so that was another W for me. Uh, and then you took the over on Josh Jacobs, 975 and a half rushing yards. He finished with 740. Uh-huh. Um, Josh Jacobs really dealt with some injuries and so did Kyle yeah. Edwards Hilaire this season, Dan. But um, again, CEH is going to be out this weekend as well for the Chiefs. But uh, Josh Jacobs, he was pretty much on track if it wasn't for the injuries uh, for him to get over this number. Yeah, I feel the same way. I, I mean, I, I still think Josh Jacobs and you'll see a couple other running backs that I was uh, in favor of just really didn't get enough reps this year. And it's really just due to injury. And he wasn't he wasn't injury prone coming into this season. It's his third season. He went over a thousand in both of the first two. So I thought it was pretty low margin, but I guess Vegas had me beat, man. They knew he had uh, some injuries coming his way. So unfortunate <laughs> circumstances, but uh, yeah, the way he's running at the end of the season, man, he would have cleared this with ease. Yeah. hundred percent, man. I, I, this, I think he was on one of my fantasy teams. I was just disappointed that he was injured because he was doing really well at the beginning of the season. Um, let's get over to our wide receiver ones. Uh, I took Keenan Allen of the Chargers over 98 and a half receptions. He finished with 106 this season. Anything, I think, under 100 or uh, receptions that's posted by the books, I you have to take the over on, on Keenan Allen. This guy's a receptions machine, man. And for him to finish with 106 this season, uh, another 100-yard reception season or 100-reception season for him. So that came into fruition for me. I finished that 
division three and oh, and then you had Jerry Judy over uh, 65 and a half receptions for the Denver Broncos. Again, another player that was reeled by injury early on uh, for the Denver Broncos, Dan. Yeah, you can blame it on injury. You could also just play it on, uh, blame it on just poor quarterback play, inconsistent quarterback play, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, while he's a competent quarterback, he doesn't definitely is not the gunslinger that drew Locke is. So I'm excited for whatever the quarterback of the future looks like for, for Denver. We know they're going to get a new head coach. Maybe they get Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. There's a lot of mouths to feed also in Denver. So yeah, next year I will not be taking an offense that has so many different people that could potentially get some target share because yeah, Jerry Judy really, I was expecting him to take that leap in year two. Didn't quite make it there. Yeah. He only played 10 games, Dan, but I think if you had to play the final seven uh, games or at least five of those seven, he could have got over this number. You, you only fell short by, I think what 27. I think that if you had played a, a maybe like four or five more games, he would have got right. over this number for sure. So that was the AFC West. Um, I finished three and oh, Dan uh, took one on the chin on this one, but uh, <laughs> let's get to some better news for Dan uh, AFC East. Uh, uh, this was our best division combined, Dan. We both went six or three and zero each combined, six and zero in this division. Um, let's quickly start with our quarterbacks here. Um, I had Zach Wilson, the rookie quarterback of the Jets. I took under three thousand eight hundred fifty and a half passing yards. He finished the season with two thousand three hundred thirty-four. Again, another quarterback that missed some time. And you know, there's something about rookie quarterbacks and taking the under on their um, on their passing yards. And again. I think my handicap for this was that it was he it's a new quarterback coming in for the first of all, the New York Jets. And you also had a defensive minded head coach coming in for them in Robert Sala. Um, so I think, you know, I think that was a good bet or good, you know, handicap that I had there. So he finished uh, well under that. And also another player that dealt with injuries as well. So that really helped me uh, to get this under. I think this was maybe one of your two best picks and uh, to a of Iloa, you took the under 4,000 and a half passing yards. He finished with 2,653, Dan. Yeah. I, when I was listening back to this episode, I wouldn't change my handicap and anything that I said, it was like spot on the Miami Dolphins. Don't believe in them. We saw that because we saw a whole lot of Jacoby Brissett. And just 4,000 yards was just ridiculous. Like, when did we, when did Vegas decide that this guy was a, a gunslinger? Because he, he's just not it. So, you know, unfortunate situation would happen with Brian Flores. I think he'll find greener pastures elsewhere. Um, but yeah, Tua, 4,000 yards. That was a smash spot, man. That was, this was the best. I think easily, I mean, obviously, because we both went, we went three and oh on both of our respective picks. But yeah, uh, targeting Zach Wilson and Tua was like genius on both of our parts. So let's take a victory lap for that one. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. This was a, a really good one for uh, uh, that one. That, that two hundred one was absolutely fantastic. Let's get to the uh, running backs in the AFC East here. Uh, I took Damian Harris over eight hundred forty-five and a half rushing yards. He finished the season with nine hundred and twenty-nine. And my handicap was simple for this one: rookie quarterback coming in, Patriots. They love their uh, running backs and, and running the football. And I think, and I said, I think that they would really run the ball. Um, trying to protect Mac Jones just because he was a rookie quarterback coming in. And, um, you know, we couldn't say that for a lot of the running backs in this Patriots uh, backfield, but um, Damian Harris, yeah, got over this number of 845 and a half rushing yards. Uh, you took uh, Michael Carter over 575 rushing yards. He finished with 637. So chalk up another W there. Michael Carter was really good for the Jets this season, Dan. 
Yeah, I'd have swept that one a little bit towards the end of the season. He wasn't in and out of the lineup with injuries, but uh, he cleared it. You know, he he got 637 by the end of the season, and uh, I think we saw him emerge as the best back in uh, New New, Jer- in, uh, New York. So yeah. I think we'll see him actually be pretty comp- competent next season. And uh, I wouldn't be mad taking him in fantasy drafts as a low-end uh, back-end RB2 because I think he's proven he can catch the ball. And uh, we'll see, hopefully, a better version of Zach Wilson in this Jets offense. And uh, you know Elijah Moore is a smash, so I think they actually have some pretty young talent there that they can build around, certainly him as a running back. Yeah, 100%. I had picked up Michael Carter uh, in my fantasy team after one of my running backs got hurt, and he filled in very, very nicely uh, in that spot on my fantasy team. Uh, Let's get to our wide receivers in this AFC East. I took the former Texans wide receiver, Will Fuller of uh, the Miami Dolphins, under 875 and a half receiving yards. This guy finished with 26 yards, and I, you know, knowing that he was with the Texans for this many years, he was going to get hurt and he did. And, you know, he, I think he missed, I think 90 to 95% of the season. So uh, cash that up as an easy W there. Um, and then you took Gabriel Davis of the Buffalo bills over five and a half receiving touchdowns. He finished with uh six, Dan. Yeah. That one was a, uh, was a sweat as well. You know, if Emmanuel Sanders didn't go down, man, that, that would have been another else to my, uh, to my uh, side here, but he, he pulled it out and I, and I saw yeah. the, uh, the upside, man. He's a, t- he's a target hog when he gets into the red zone and uh, very efficient with a very low volume. So I, I love Gabe Davis, but I just want to go back real quick to yeah. um, Will Fuller. So when I was listening back to that episode, I was so mad that I didn't take it because I was like, yo, the only time this guy's been healthy is when he was doing PEDs. Yeah. Look what happens <laughs> on IR the entire season, man. Like there was probably some stuff going on in the background why he didn't really want to play, but yeah. that was the best to, to me. That was, that was, that was savvy, man. That was value on the board. You saw it capitalized on it and, and crushed it. Yeah. And, and yeah, the PEDs thing. And then this guy, I mean, he being like when he was with the Texans, Never on the field, uh, fully capable when healthy, like when, when he's yeah. on with the PEDs, uh, capable of having a thousand, <laughs> uh, thousand receiving yards, uh, for him. But again, this year, uh, this year with the Miami Dolphins, uh, not so much, only finished up with 26. So that was probably, uh, that was our best division, Dan. AFC East, we combined to go six and oh in that division. Uh, let's go over to the AFC South. Um, Ryan Tannehill, I had as my quarterback uh, prop. I took the under 4,200 half uh, passing yards, finished with 3,447 um, passing yards. Uh, I think I can consider myself a bit lucky with this one because he didn't have Julio Jones and AJ Brown for majority of the season. Um, and, you know, the offense, I thought that was going to regress a little bit after Arthur Smith left for the head coaching job with the Atlanta Falcons. So, um, you know, the injuries, again, for the receivers helped me there. Um, so that one came into fruition for me. And then you took the number one overall prick, Trevor Lawrence of the Jacksonville Jaguars, to go under 4,100 passing yards, and he finished up with uh, 3,600, Dan. Yeah, I think that was a good bet in banking on the Jaguars being terrible, and that was a, just a disaster of a season for them. So uh, that one worked out pretty well. But I just want to acknowledge the fact that you are currently – as we're going through these picks seven and oh <laughs> through two divisions. <laughs> so you're carrying the weight here, man. So uh, I got a couple of them in here, but yeah, this is primarily Munaf just uh, being the sports nerd that he is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So far, so good. Uh, uh, we'll wrap it up in the end. I think there's something that key that we both learned. Uh, I think that yeah. will carry to next season, but let's quickly get to the running backs. I took Derek Henry of the Titans. I think another bold one here, uh, under 1,550 and a half rushing yards. 
Look, if it wasn't for the injury, this would have eclipsed over the number. He finished with 937 uh, rushing yards. Um, again, another player that was injured, and uh, that came into a, uh, a win for me. You took uh, Jonathan Taylor under 10 and a half rushing touchdowns. He finished up with a whopping 18 um, oh, for the Colts, whopping. man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is probably going to go down as my worst bet. Uh, I, I did say on the pod, I said he would smash the over on 1,100 rushing yards, which he did do. But yeah, that touchdown, oof. I think I was just reading too much into the tea leaves of that offensive line not being ready for the season yeah. and yeah, that was a miss. That yeah. that was a bad one. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say too. Is that we, there was you know we were previewing them, uh, the division, especially the AFC South. We had said that you know the offensive line has had really been hurt, and it might take a while for them not to only get healthy, but that would have effects on JT. But eight, uh, JT slapped both of us in the face and kind of holding up his middle finger to us after an MVP <laughs> caliber year for JT. But you could also say that like you know from a fancy perspective uh, for Rod here. John JT was slipping to the back end of the first round. Had anyone known that this guy was going to go for nearly two, two K and 18 touchdowns. I mean, that's a top, that's top pick in the draft right there. So yeah. Uh, just unfortunate. Um, I'll take that one in the chin. That was a bad L. Yeah. Rod, uh, quickly on JT, where was, uh, kind of, did you see where his average draft, uh, draft position ended up after the, um, after all the drafting was done? Well, I tell you, it was in the back end and, and, but there was a lot of people that were, that were actually trying to kind of talk him down because they wanted to suppress his right. value because they right. wanted to get him at a good yeah. steal. So, uh, you know, it, it's just a matter of, of no one really predicted this kind of a breakout. There was a lot of people predicting yeah. a good breakout, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, yeah, he, he really flew off the boards on this one. Yeah. Uh, let's get to our wide receivers here. Uh, Dan, I had Brandon Cooks of the Texans over 895 and a half receiving uh, yards. He finished with a thousand yard season for the uh, Houston Texans. And this one was another simple one for me is that the Texans pretty much didn't have any wide receivers at the time. Uh, they drafted Nico Collins, but he wasn't ready for the season. And Brandon Cooks consistently, when healthy, could get over a thousand yards for you. And he did that again this season for the Texans. So that was um, another uh, victory for me. You had A.J. Brown of the Titans to get over eight and a half receiving touchdowns. Again, another player that if healthy, he would have gotten over this number, Dan. I think you're noticing a theme here. Just yes. a lot of injuries <laughs> on my side of things. So yeah, I didn't get a full season of AJ Brown. I still think that that would have been, you know, you extrapolate that over 17 games. I think we're, we're going to hit into double digits, but uh, yeah, just unfortunate uh, injury luck here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, I think that, yeah, you guys get the theme here. Injuries are a huge thing and not only in football, but all across other sports as well. Um, let's get to the AFC North here, uh, Dan. Last AFC division here. Uh, quickly, um, I'll lead by this. I had Gus Edwards to go over 850 and a half rushing yards. Obviously, that got voided because he tore his ACL in the, uh, I think it was in a preseason or it was one of the practices, but uh, that one yeah. got voided for me. Um, let's get to our quarterbacks. I had uh, Baker Mayfield to go under. 3,950 and a half passing yards. He finished with 3,010. No, Baker, a, a very subpar season this year for him. Um, he battled a lot of knickknack injuries, you know, shoulder, knee, leg. I mean, pretty much everything. Uh, missed the final game of the season as well. And just not a great year for him. But the Browns are going to retain him for another year. Um, but that one came in easily. Uh, Dan, you had Lamar Jackson of the Ravens. Over 25 and a half passing touchdowns, 16 he finished with 16. 
another quarter or another player <laughs> injured. I don't, I don't know that I can, it was, it was definitely some injury impact there, but I think I overestimated the wide receiver room for the Ravens this year. And I thought that they were going to be a better team. And uh, yeah, that didn't really come to fruition here. Uh, Mark Andrews did enjoy one of the best seasons ever as a tight end. So I got one part of that, right. Just not the fact that Lamar Jackson is going to be slinging it all over the place. So this was definitely a down year for Lamar Jackson. I'm expecting him to bounce back next year, but um, yeah, I just hope he just takes, I don't know, some kind of stomach medicine. I don't know, Pepto or something. He always <laughs> seems to have bubble guts at like the wrong time, man. He just can't get over it. Always these random sicknesses or something. I don't know. Something with Lamar. Yeah, I also had Lamar to go over 900 and a half rushing yards. Uh, this was my first L. He finished with 767 here. So, um, uh, yeah, again, an, another injur- uh, injury there. And like you said, probably need to get some Pepto on the sideline or they need to reevaluate <laughs> what they're serving as their pregame meals in uh, Baltimore. <laughs> um, but you absolutely crushed your uh, running back prop here. Uh, Dan, you had uh, Joe Mixon uh, scrimmage yards over 1,325 and a half, and he crushed it. He got over 1,500 scrimmage yards for the Cincinnati Bengals this year. Yeah, I, I didn't predict. I didn't predict that the Cincinnati Bengals would be as good as they were, but I did yeah. see that Joe Mixon was going to have a really good season here. Gio Bernard's out of the way; he's always been kind of uh, spelling him and getting some of his carries and, and shares. But uh, yeah, this is all Joe Mixon season, and I'm, I think he had a really good year. And obviously, it showed in the stats, um, going over 200 plus yards of this uh, projection. So uh, yeah, I was really excited about this one. Yeah, Joe Mixon, especially like you mentioned that Giovanni Bernard getting him out of the way or, you know, he left for Tampa Bay. Um, that really opened up not only in the rushing game, but also in the passing game this year, Dan. He finished up with, uh, I think, 314 receiving yards for the uh, yeah. Cincinnati Bengals. So that was key as well to get over the scrimmage yard number. Um, for my last one in this division, I had Juju Smith-Schuster of the Steelers to go over 790 and a half receiving yards. He only unfortunately finished up with 129 um, again, got early, uh, hurt early in the year. Uh, I thought this would be a big year for him in that Steelers offense just because it was a contract year for him. But uh, indications are he may be back this weekend against the Chiefs um, uh, coming off of the IR, but nonetheless, a L there for me. Um, these Steelers wide receivers were not very nice to us in this division, Dan. You had Chase Claypool over six and a half receiving touchdowns, and he finished up with a goose egg. So I think we need a blacklist uh Chase or sorry, uh, uh, Chase Claypool. Yeah. And I was listening back on the, the, one of the episodes where we were talking about this and I was just constantly saying how much Ben Roethlisberger is like done and he's got a noodle arm. And like, why did I buy into Chase Claypool's receiving touchdowns market? <laughs> I don't know, but zero, like most of my misses have been because of injury circumstances, just poor yeah. injury circumstances. This one was straight up production and lack thereof. This guy's a bum. He's not a bum. He's just, I don't know. It's Ben Roethlisberger's Pittsburgh offense. We we both lost on that one. Yeah, I think Deontay Johnson was probably the one that finished up with most receiving touchdowns yeah. for this yeah, 100%. Uh, Steelers team. So um, he was the guy to have. Yeah. So he had a he had a breakout year uh for the uh for the sorry, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, he finished up with eight receiving touchdowns. Uh Pat Fairmuth, their tight end, finished up with seven. So uh Dan, that was our AFC ones, man. Um not too shabby for myself. Uh, again, yours Not too was, great for me. <laughs> yeah, you were injury riddled for you, man. It, that was just the theme of this year for some of our player props. Let's quickly yeah. go down our NFC division um, player props here. And I'll start it off here with the NFC North. Uh, we both crushed our Aaron Rodgers. We both took the under 
Uh, I took under eight and a half interceptions for Aaron Rodgers. He finished with four. And then you had the under on his passing yards of 4,500. He finished with 4,115 passing yards. Yeah, this one, uh, we were both pretty spot on here. I mean, Aaron Rodgers just doesn't throw doesn't throw interceptions. So I think yeah. getting at that eight and a half, that was a steal um, for value. And then for me, he only threw for over 4,100. Um, he only threw for over 4,100 yards, I believe, or excuse me, he's only threw for 4,500 yards once in his career. So for him to do that at this age, that was like 11 years ago or something. I think it was like 2011 that he did it last time. So it just yeah. seemed a little bit high for me. So clearly that was the case. Now he did, I did get a little benefit of a, a little COVID there for yeah. a game or two, but uh, yeah, I still think he would have been under this, this, this uh, line. Yeah, he only he he played in sixteen games. He only missed one this season, but okay. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, we absolutely crushed it on Aaron Rodgers. And then I also had another skill position for the Packers uh, for my running back. I took Aaron Jones under nine and a half rushing uh, touchdowns. He finished with nine. It seemed like AJ Dillon was kind of that goal line back for them this season uh, in the red zone or even down in the goal line. But Aaron Rodgers, uh, sorry, Aaron Jones finished with four. Um, you had David Montgomery, uh, you had two in this division. So let quickly knock those two out together. Uh, you took David Montgomery of the Chicago bears over 1000, uh, 1005 rushing yards. He finished with 846, And then, uh, you also had Deandre Swift of the lions to go under 900 and a half rushing yards, uh, won that one. Uh, he only finished with 647, Dan. Yeah, the Swift one was mainly because of the signing of Jamal Williams. I, I thought yeah. that that was really going to be a, a strong indication that there was going to be some split work, uh, split work there, and uh, so that one hit. David Montgomery, I'll chalk that up to Matt Nagy being an off a horrible offensive coordinator, not knowing what to do with your quarterbacks, and also some injuries. So that was just a combination. Uh, I like David Montgomery going forward just because there's he just doesn't yeah. have a lot of competition in the running back room. So that's really where I was I was leaning for for that one. Yeah, I think uh, next season when they get some competent coaching in there in the Chicago Bears system, uh, David Montgomery is going to be, uh, I think, a stellar wide or sorry, running back to have uh, not only for player props, but also fancy wise uh, next season. Yeah. And then for our receiving uh, slash tight end, I took TJ Hawkinson over 700, 70 and a half receiving yards. Unfortunately for him, he season ended early. Uh, he finished with 583 receiving yards, but again, you know, uh, I think if he would have played a couple more games for finish the season, he would have gotten over this number, but injuries kind of been the theme here so far. And um, you had Adam Thielen to get under nine receiving touchdowns and got burned by the hook. Dan, he finished with 10. <laughs> yeah, this one. I mean, I, I had a couple of games where he was, he was missing with like an ankle injury. So I don't know. He just, He's just a touchdown monster. I, I can't. I can't even hate on him. I think I. I will not fade Adam Thielen in this touchdown props going forward. He he proved himself uh, capable. I was expecting Justin Jefferson to get more of those target shares, especially mm-hmm. in the red zone. But yeah, uh, it looks like Thielen is uh, Kirk's guy. So that that stayed up. That stayed true. Yeah. Uh, quickly, I, even Justin Jefferson, he finished with ten, but it almost seems like they only have two like legit receivers. Um, yeah, Jefferson and Thielen. Even uh, KJ Osborne, he finished with seven though. But this offense is, um, I mean, they have a a top five running back with Dalvin Cook. They have a top wide receiver or one of up and coming top wide receivers, Justin Jefferson. Adam Thielen is not a slouch either. So this offense has all the makings uh, to continue to dominate uh, going next season, even with Kirk Cousins at quarterback. Um, that is it for the NFC North, Dan, let's get over to the NFC East. 
Um, I took, let's start with our quarterbacks here. I had Ryan Fitzpatrick of the Washington football team to go under not, uh, 3,900 and a half passing yards. He finished the season with a whole 13 yards passing. Uh, I think he got injured in that very first game uh, with a hip injury. I think they say they put him on the IR, but eventually shut him down for the rest of the season. Um, so we crushed that one. And then uh, you also crushed your quarterback prop. You had your man, Jalen Hurts, of the Philadelphia Eagles to go over 574 and a half rushing yards. He finished with 784. Yeah, I think that this was probably one of the more profitable prop bets all season for anyone that plays prop bets is yeah. Jalen Hurts over his rushing total. Yeah. Loved it all season. He crushed this. Um, loved the fact that I got to play Jalen Hurts. I thought that that was an extremely low number just given his rushing upside as a mobile quarterback. And uh, I chose Kyler Murray on a different one that you'll see. But uh, yeah, I think Jalen Hurts is, is the truth in terms of a running quarterback. And the books just didn't didn't uh, get up to speed on it quick enough. And I think that... Uh, you know, this is one of the ones that was definitely more lucrative for me this season. Yeah, 100%. You absolutely know that because even when we did our weekly pods, uh, you would always point out Jalen Hurd rushing yards. And uh, the total kind of tells you he finished above. Uh, he cleared this number by almost 210 uh, rushing yards uh, for the season long prop compared to uh, what it was during the season. So uh, great hit there, Dan. Let's get to our running backs. Uh, I took Zeke to have over 1,100 and a half rushing yards. He only finished with a thousand and two. Um, I think Tony Pollard had a lot to do with this out also because it was a pretty much two running back system for them. I think Zeke missed a game or two. He was battling a knee injury all season long. So a, a bad call by me here on Zeke. Um, but you absolutely crushed your running back prop, Dan. You took Saquon Barkley under 1,175 and a half rushing yards. He finished not even half of that, 563. So if we were really savvy, we would have just had all of our props on New York Giants prop, New York Giants unders because they were yeah. complete dog shit all year. Um, yeah. yeah, so that that works. I like I like the Saquon. You know, I just thought you know coming off an of injury, this offensive line trouble, there was no chance that this guy was going to get uh, uh, over eleven hundred rushing yards when he hasn't done that since like his rookie season. So yeah, to me, this one was this one was pretty easy. He was coming off the ACL injury too, right? I mean, the injury right. that yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that that number should have been a lot lower set by the books, but uh, yeah, absolutely crushed that one. Uh, not even close for uh, Saquon Barkley. And then to wrap it up for our um, wide receivers in the NFC East, I took Amari Cooper of the Cowboys under 1,175 and a half rushing yards. He finished with 865. Uh, I think my handicap was that there was a lot of mouths to feed in this Dallas Cowboys system from Amari Cooper to CeeDee Lamb to Michael Gallup. Uh, even Cedric Wilson came along towards the end of the season for them. Uh, because of injury, uh, I think Amari Cooper missed a couple games with COVID as well. So that that helped a little bit to get this number to get under um, 1,175 and a half. He finished with 865. Uh, and this one, oh, another one by the hook, Dan, so close. Z, uh, you had CeeDee Lamb of the Cowboys as well, over 80 receptions, and he finished with 79, man. Just brutal. Just brutal. Yeah. Um, I blame Dak. As an Eagles fan, I got to blame Dak. <laughs> I don't know how you don't find CD Lamb more often, uh, even at the end of the season there. But uh, yeah, that was just unfortunate. I was actually really high on CD Lamb. I think he disappointed a lot of fantasy managers this year. If you spent uh, upwards of a second or third round pick on him because you were expecting such huge upside, and I think he'll be back next year. And I, I could definitely see this. if they set this line at that again, I'd still confidently play it. Yeah, uh, I think this guy has just so much talent, and with Michael Gallup 
out of the way now, you know, unfortunately for the, with an injury, yeah. I think he'll get way more target share going forward. Yeah, hundred percent. I think I'm glad that we have this written down because once we look at it next week, I kind of or next season, kind of want to go yeah. back and look at how the book kind of made the adjustments and and how these guys finished as their final stats. So that's going to be a fun exercise to look at for next season. All right, let's Great get point. to the uh, NFC West here, Dan. Two divisions left. Uh, Russell Wilson for mine. Uh, the Seahawks. I took the over 4,250 and a half passing yards. He finished with only 3,113. I thought this was going to be a MVP caliber season for uh, Russell Wilson. It was a complete opposite. He missed, um, I think, a handful of games with the, I think it was a uh, finger injury that he had. Um, and then when, by the time he came back, it, I, it still took a couple of games for him to get his confidence back, I guess you can say, by throwing the football and, and and getting up to game speed again. So this one was an absolute dud for me. Uh, and then you had Kyler Murray over 624 uh, rushing yards. He finished with 537, Dan. Yeah, that one was a little bit tough because I was projecting Kyler Murray to be this, you know, the next Lamar Jackson. And Jalen really Hurts take this. Yeah, very much so. Well, he, he throws a little bit better than Jalen Hurts, but yeah, okay. still on the ground for sure. <laughs> on the ground, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Um, but they just ran less this year. You know, Kyler was definitely more of a pocket passer, especially with when DeAndre Health Hopkins was healthy. Mm-hmm. So I, I just think that uh, you know, unfortunately, I just didn't read the system well enough in this yeah. one, and uh, I think I overestimated how much Kyler would be mobile this year because he was definitely looked way more comfortable. I mean, look at the first you know, what, eight games of the season where he was just throwing it all over the place um, in that spread offense, not really having to run at all. But I think we've seen him use his legs a little bit more towards the second half of the season because he doesn't have the weapons that he had, you know, at his disposal earlier in the season. Yeah, and that's kind of been the theme of Kyler Murray, too. Like, as, as the kind of season progresses and we get to that tail end of the year, the injuries mount up for Kyler Murray, especially with, like, leg or knee injuries that he has, and he stops running the ball a lot, um, and he starts throwing the ball more. So I think that was another case, but back-to-back years that this has happened to Kyler Murray. Um, yeah. But let's get to our running bro- running back props in this division. We absolutely crushed them. Uh, I had Chris Carson of the Seahawks to go under seven-and-a-half rushing touchdowns. He finished with only three. Again, another uh, player that dealt with injuries. Eventually, he tried to come back, but they shut him down uh, for the season. He went to the IR, uh, finished with only three. So uh, that was my lone victory uh, for this division. And then you had Raheem Mostert under 700 and a half rushing yards. And he got injured in that very first game for the 49ers and finished with a whole 20 yards. And I see Rod with a sad face. <laughs> yeah, that, that one hurt because I had a lot of Mostert going into that season too, fantasy wise, and I was all in on that guy. And I mean, look, for good reason, you see the San Francisco commitment to the running game, and we'll talk about one later during the props, but yeah, that one hurt. Yeah, Dan uh, crushed it with that one. What was the kind of handicap behind this one, Dan? Mostert can't stay healthy. <laughs> yeah. that, that, was, that was literally what I said. I looked back to it to check, to check the receipts on that one, and I, I still had him, you know, having a decent season. I just didn't expect him to get hurt, you know, literally the first game of the season. So, yeah, it's just hard to trust it. But I think, you know, fortunately for San Francisco, they have a really good running back in Elijah Mitchell. So, yeah, it worked out pretty well. Yeah, um, it's crazy. I think just the running back depth that the 49ers have. And, and if Raheem Mostert was healthy this season, uh, where would this team have finished uh, in the NFC. I mean, they still finished with 10 wins, but could that possibly have gotten to 10 or 11 would have been the biggest question for this team. But uh, let's wrap up this division with our wide receiver props. Mind, uh, I had Brandon Ayuk of the Niners to get over four, or sorry, 67 and a half receptions. Only finished with 56. And 
early on in the season, he wasn't getting the targets. He wasn't getting the receptions. Not sure if he was in the doghouse or what the case might have been for Brandon Ayuk, but he finished the season with only 56. Um, something to maybe monitor as we kind of get into the offseason. And, you know, he is a fully capable wide receiver in the system. Uh, maybe it was a you know quarterback thing with Jimmy G or whatever the case might have been, but he only finished with 56. And Dan, uh, wow, you absolutely crushed. You know, you've you've dealt with some injuries uh, and losing by the hook, but this, I think, personally was probably your best one. Cooper Cup, over 93 and a half receptions. He finished with a whopping 145, so absolutely killed this one, Dan. Yeah, I wish I foresaw the triple crown coming with uh, leading <laughs> the league in receptions, re- receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns. Yeah. Cooper Cup was just amazing, and uh, it was really just the fact that Matt Stafford came over to the Rams that I just had a lot of confidence in yeah. what he could do if he remained healthy. Now, granted, Robert Woods did leave for a portion of the season with that with that ACL tear, but I, I think either way, Cooper Cup would have gone over this and and some just because that relationship that him and, and Stafford have developed it's yeah. that's real. Yeah. So I think you know Cooper Cup I, from a fantasy perspective, I think he warrants you know Devonte Adams territory of you know you might have to spend up potential first round pick next year to to get your hands on him. It's going to be interesting to see what the reception numbers comes out to next season for Cooper cup after, you know, almost having a record breaking season. I'm very going to be curious to see where that number kind of comes out for him. But um, yeah, last season, Cooper cup was not healthy, uh, but this season with Matthew Stafford and uh, being at full health, he absolutely crushed it. Almost broke records for the wide receiver um, wide receiver records um, in NFL history, but yeah, great season for Cooper cup uh, for the Rams. Uh, let's get to the last division here, um, Dan. We got the NFC South uh, crushed our quarterback props here. I had Sam Darnold uh, under 3,950 and a half passing yards. He only finished up with 2,527. And this number was comparative to, uh, I just put it this way. They had Russell Wilson at 42.50 and they had Sam Darnold at 39.50. And coming out of that jet system, Going over to the Carolina Panthers, I just didn't see how this was going to happen for him. I thought it would be a bounce back year, maybe just because he was in a in a fresh environment or a, a different uh, a setting and change of scenery. But this was a lot of yards for him to uh, get over this number. So, you know, he got benched. He missed some time with injury, I believe, as well. Um, but, yeah, this was a fairly easy one. And then you had Matt Ryan of the Atlanta Falcons under 29 and a half passing yards. He only finished with uh, 20 there. Yeah, Matt Ryan, uh, I think we both capped this NFC South quarterback situation pretty well. Yeah. Didn't really see many weapons with Julio leaving Matt Ryan. I didn't expect Kyle Pitts to make this epic jump. I mean, he did, you know, ultimately finish with a rookie receiving record, come pretty close to it. So mm-hmm. he did it in the in the on the field, but he didn't do it in the end zone. So yeah, Matt Ryan was just out of weapons and tips tips of the hat to you for Sam Darnold and that prop at 30 that's just that's all some two shit right there yeah like you just gotta yeah, you gotta you hammer go. that under and i will say that uh just looking at the at the list you had a lot of success fading quarterbacks and their unders yeah uh, this year so i think that that's something that we could probably take forward too is that the uh, vegas markets might be over anticipating how much you know that one that extra game maybe played a role in uh some of these these qbs uh prop lines yeah, I, like some of the quarterbacks that I, I did take were like they're they were kind of bums, right? Like I took Ryan Fitzpatrick under, I took a Sam Darnold under, Baker Mayfield under. So, you know, the market. Wait, you was got like, that? They got that Mahomes in there too. Don't don't forget about the end. The Aaron Rodgers under too. Yeah, um, so that yeah. that that Mahomes one. I, 
hindsight uh, that I was very nervous about that one after we got done with that episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought he was going to hold up the middle finger to me as well, but uh, luckily he got off to a slow start uh, uh, this season. And, and that came in as uh, an under for me, but um, let's get to the uh, running backs here. Uh, we both had the same one um, got burned by him. That was Alvin Kamara, of the saints. I took over 70 and a half receptions, finished with 47, and then you had the scrimmage yards for him to get over 1,500 and a half scrimmage yards, sorry, combined uh, passing and rushing, finished with 1,337. He got close, but um, I think our handicap was this for them, that for the Saints, we knew Michael Thomas was going to miss up to six weeks at that point when we did the preview. Um, But um, the weapons just weren't there for this team, right? I felt like they had to rely on Alvin Kamara a lot both in passing and the running game, especially post Drew Brees era. But I think he dealt with some injuries this season as well um, and just didn't come into fruition uh, for Kamara this season, uh, Dan. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I think he, he started out hot. He saw the the most rush uh, carries that he'd seen in the to start his career. And I think that he just kind of wore down. And, you know, that QB carousel didn't help things at all either. Yeah. You know, the Saints defense was explosive in the beginning of the season they definitely tailed off towards the end there so it was just a down year for the saints and uh, unfortunately we both got kind of caught up in the middle of that yeah man uh hopefully he bounces back next season because he this guy is always a top five uh fantasy football pick in that first round um let's get to uh a one more uh running back prop that you had in this division you took mike davis to go under uh, what's the number? I'm sorry. Uh, 800 and a half rushing yards. He only finished with 503. Um, I'll let you take the handicap on this one, man. Uh, but I think Cordell Patterson had a great season for them, but again, Mike Davis, I don't think we had much faith in uh, him going into the season. Yeah, it was really. So yeah, I obviously did not see the Cordell Patterson breakout in year eight, uh, in the NFL. So <laughs> uh, we'll not take credit for that, but it was more so about, you know, just quarterback or excuse me, coaches just not trusting Mike Davis to take on a full workload. We saw him sub in for CMC the year prior, and he definitely wore down towards the end of the season. So he looks like one of those change of pace backs. So 800 and a half yards that was up there with those most ones where I'm like, eh, I don't know if I'm buying that. So, uh, but shouts to quarter out Patterson for helping me catch that because, uh, yeah. that was really the game changer in that one. Yeah. 100%. Um, for my last one, I took Russell Gage of the Falcons as well over 700 and a half receiving yards. And I will say this, this was probably my luckiest cash of uh, the ones I are of the 24 that I played. Um, he needed to have a big last Sunday and he did. He got 126 receiving yards uh, against the saints that got me over this number. But I thought, you know, coming in that we t- talked about this division and we talked about the Falcons was that they lost Julio Jones. And I felt like there's going to have to be a second guy that kind of stepped up. And for them, for the Falcons, I mean, my thought was it was going to be Russell Gage, but no, it, it really was Cordero Patterson. And then they lost Calvin Ridley for the season, um, or he didn't want to uh, for be with the team for personal reasons or whatever. But uh, Russell Gage really came on in the second half of the season for the Atlanta Falcons, and he got me over this number just barely by 70 yards. But, um, yeah, that one catched for me as well. Um, Dan, any thoughts on Russell Gage? Um, I, I thought that he was definitely valuable for if you have him in fantasy towards the end of the season, um, especially, you know, once Ridley, um, you know, left the team and, and didn't come back. So I think you had some really fortunate luck in that one. But uh, hey, that that's that those are the risks that we take. Right. So uh, yeah. I think it wound up working out in the end. 
Yeah, so that was the uh, all the player props we kind of ran through quickly. Kind of wanted to recap that uh, in our first season of doing this, Dan. So um, quickly, our final tallies were: I finished the season uh, seventeen and seven with my season long player props, um, and you finished thirteen and twelve. But I think the bigger uh, standout thing when I was kind of going through it and you know my nerdy mind, is I went back and looked at the unders that we took, and I finished 13-0 and 0 on the unders for uh, my player props, and you finished 8-3. and 3. So we combined for the 47 picks that we made, 49 picks that we made, uh, we combined to go 21-3 and 3 on the unders uh, this season. So I think it was a pretty great uh, first season of us doing this. And um, a lot of things that we learned here, Dan, uh, as well, are is uh, going through this, watching them throughout the season and picking them. But a lot of lessons learned going forward for next season when we do this again. 100%. Uh, I think life, most people think life is too short for unders, but when you're doing season-long props, yeah. there's so much variability and risk and COVID and injuries. To me, you got to take it, especially when they're adding another week in there. Yeah. You got to account for rest. You got to account for different situational changes. You know, there's so many things going on in the NFL that to me, I'm going to definitely focus on more unders next year. And I, it goes to show, I mean, just look at the, look at the stats of what we put up here uh, by going unders. It was, it was extremely more profitable than the over. So if you have a hunch on a player that you really like, I would take an over on that. But yeah. uh, for the majority, I'm going unders. Yeah. I think the theme really was, is that there's a lot of, or I would say almost 80% at some point of the season, they were injured and injuries are a part of the game. It's going to happen for some, it was sure. only a couple of weeks, but for a lot of them, um, they were season ending. And I think that's where you can really profit off of, um, you know, having those unders uh, for a lot of these players, but Dan, let's wrap it up with this. Give me the one bet that you uh, was your, the best one out of the ones that you made. And then uh, your worst one that you made. Ooh, best bet. That's got to be a tie between Tua under 4,000 yards and Cooper Cup over 93 and a half receptions. I'm going to go with Cooper Cup just because that was one of the best wide receiver um, wide receiver performances that we've ever seen in a single season. So I'm, I'm going to take that Cooper Cup. Yeah, I think definitely the Cooper Cup one you absolutely knocked out of the park. Um, pretty much sweat for you. I'd say, I want to say he cashed that like like with four or five weeks left You're in the right. season. <laughs> you didn't even have to worry about that. Um, for my best one, I think it was probably the, I mean, from a statistical, statistical standpoint, it was probably the Ryan Fitzpatrick one. But I think from a season longer player that was, you know, with the stat projection that the books put out, I think it's probably the Sam Darnold under 3,950 yeah. and a half um, passing yards. And I think my worst one, uh, was probably uh, I kind of go with uh, I think it was probably Juju uh, just because he got injured. He only finished with 129, and I don't think I handicap or uh, we both didn't handicap the Big Ben noodle arm thing properly. But yeah, that was <laughs> no. probably my worst one uh, of the season. Yeah, I, mine's probably going to be I'm going to go production wise. So mine's probably Chase Claypool yeah. over six and a half TDs, just because he had zero. That that was just, ugh. I mean, JT was a bad call too, but you, you can't just go out here and just get nothing. Come on, dude. Yeah, yeah. And no was... injuries, really. Like, you played like every game. Like, ugh, that, that's frustrating. Yeah, but uh, a lot of great lessons learned, Dan. I think we have both had a successful season here. Um, so, um, yeah, definitely we'll carry this into next season for sure. So, I'm glad that we were able to do this and kind of recap our picks. 
Um, so that is it for the season long player props. Let's take one uh, break here. We'll come back and we'll get into the NFL super wildcard weekend player props uh, between myself, Dan and Rod. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. WinBet has some brand new bonuses. Bet $5, win 400 and free bets. Also, win a VIP trip to Shaq's Fun House in LA. Bet $20 on WinBet's Build Your Own feature and earn a chance to win a once-in-a-lifetime experience for the big game. You and three guests will receive a VIP experience at Shaq's Fun House, two nights at Win Las Vegas, a $5,000 free bet at Win Las Vegas Sportsbook, and $5,000 in travel credit. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, a risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. NFL playoffs are around the corner and PropSwap has the best odds on Super Bowl futures. See a ticket you like but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. You can always find the best odds because you're buying directly from other bettors just like yourself. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will give will double it up to $500. Double the cash means double the odds. Sellers across the country list their sports bets for sale and thousands of buyers visit PropSwap every day to find the best odds on futures, props, and parlays. Last week, Scott from Virginia purchased a Green Bay Packers Super Bowl ticket at odds of 6-1 to when sportsbooks are only offering plus 450. If you're not using PropSwap, then you're missing out. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, coming off of the break, uh, let's get into these player props for Super Wild Card Weekend. Uh, I'll kick it to you, Rod. Uh, let's start with your first player prop here, man. What do you got? You guys just like preach the unders. So I'm going to go ahead and start with an under. Uh, I'm going to say Derek Carr under 0.5 interceptions. This one's coming in at plus money. He Look, okay, last week snapped a four-game skid in which he threw at least one interception uh, against the Chargers. And here's the thing. They're in playoff mode now, right? I mean, you can probably throw every... Uh, he pretty much through a lot of interceptions this season. That is the case. But the fact of the matter is this, they're in the playoffs. They've got to be a little more conservative when it comes to what they're going to do with Derek Carr, especially against these Bengals and Waller's back. Now a couple weeks back, he'll, he'll, factor into the mix a little more, catch a few more passes. And and really, if they want to win this, they've got to lean a little more on Jacobs, right, to make sure that, that Derek Carr doesn't make the mistakes that he can make to lose the game. So I, I think this is going to result in, in less Derek Carr forcing the ball all over the place. And then when you look at the other side of the ball, too, the Bengals have only intercepted the ball twice 
in the last five games. So they're not ball hawks. Uh, so, you know, a little more conservative play call from Las Vegas with a Bengals team that can't necessarily pick the ball off in the first place uh, all that much, especially lately. I think this is going to be a, a case where Derek Carr doesn't throw an interception in the game. Uh, thoughts on that, Dan? I, I like to play because, you know, it, it's, I think it's really attacking what Rod just said about the Bengals and their lack of turnover aggression. And, and they don't really get that. They're not, they're not really that getting that many turnovers. So, you know, Derek Carr, I think he's taking care of the ball a lot more towards the end of the season here. We saw them eke out several different wins um, in the clutch and he's been playing great. And it's really been off the strength of him and, and Josh Jacobs in the run game. I think if they're going to stay competitive in this game, I did bet the Raiders plus five and a half. So I'm expecting them to, um, I'm expecting them to really lean on the run here and, and get their playmakers involved like Darren Waller, like Hunter Renfro. And we don't be surprised. Zay Jones has actually been pretty reliable as well. Um, you know, making a resurgence out of coming out of Buffalo. So I, I like the Raiders here, man. I think that they're going to surprise and it's really their D line. That's been spectacular. Yeah. So the more that their D line can wreak havoc on Joe Burrow, the less that you're going to have to worry about Derek Carr having to like sling the ball all over the field. Yeah, I agree with what Rod said there, that having Darren Waller back, that kind of security that he had before he left uh, with an injury and missed some time, I think that was a, a key of having Darren Waller on there. And like you said, Dan, having Zay Jones, who's kind of, you know, who kind of came out of his shell when um, not only when Harry, Henry Ruggs left this team, but when also Darren Waller went down, he had Zay Jones to kind of, you know, be that guy, that security guy that he kind of needed. So, yeah, they're going to have to be concerned, not concerned, but they're going to have to kind of know that you're in playoff mode, that you can't turn the ball over, that if you turn the ball over, you know, it's going to be tough for you to win games. Um, I ex- expect, you know, Joe, uh, sorry, Josh Jacobs to have a big game. I don't expect, you know, a long, big passes down the field. I think that it's going to be, you know, short hook passes of Darren Waller and things like that. So, yeah, I do like to play him under on the Derek Carr uh, interception prop. Uh, Dan, let's get to your first one, man. What do you got? First one, I'm going with Debo Samuel over 28 and a half rushing yards. Surprisingly, you might not think it, but Debo's actually gone over 28 and a half in seven of his last eight games. He's averaging 42.8 rushing yards per game over that span. Dallas, they finished this season middle of the pack in rush DVOA. So I'm expecting the San Francisco 49ers to really have this run heavy approach. It's worked well. Um, We saw Arizona beat Dallas utilizing the run game and they don't really even have a run game uh, for much of the second half of the season. So um, I think that this this approach by San Francisco is going to be twofold. You run the clock out, you beat them up in the trenches, and then also you keep Dak off the field. So I'm looking for Kyle Shanahan to really draw plenty of plays, jet sweeps uh, to get Samuel the ball. He's their best playmaker. So I think that they're going to give him the ball in this pivotal, this pivotal, this pivotal game. And it's really, it's, it's shown, you know, they, they've gone on a huge run the back in the end of the season. And it's really been on the strength of Debo Samuel and his ability to run and mix it up with, with Elijah Mitchell. So I don't think they stop it here. I think he's going to smash this over at 28 and a half. Uh, Rod, you're the uh, Diners fan, man. Uh, thoughts on Debo Samuel, obviously good things to say about it. Well, you watched last week where the beginning of the game, they did try to throw the ball a bit more and there was a lot of frustration as to what's going on. Why are they throwing the ball? And then the second half that you noticed that they started to hand the ball off more. And, you know, the announcers even said it too. And and it's not, you know, everybody with eyes can see they started to give Debo more more runs in between the tackles and he's been able to handle that load so uh, with Debo all it takes is one big run and we talk about that before moon off you and I yeah. all it takes is one big run you know a two two three big runs for Debo Samuel he's over this and then some so as much as they need to get Debo involved 
in this game, that prop seems rather low to me, actually. Yeah, uh, they're about to get Trent Williams back too, which should also be so a huge help to that offensive line. You figure you can have George Kittle block, you get an extra block for Elijah Mitchell. He's going to have some running room. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree. I mean, we've been on Debo Samuel player props, um, you know, a, a lot this season between myself, Dan, uh, and you also, Rod. And you know, I, I've said this all along that you know when you have Debo Samuel healthy and in this offense that this offense goes without Debo Samuel, there's a significant drop off for this 49ers offense. Um, so yeah, I really do like this prop as well for you, Dan, uh, getting uh, Debo Samuel involved in the run game. I think they did an absolutely fantastic job this season uh, getting him yeah. involved in the, in the backfield for uh, the 49ers. So uh, yeah, I love that one um, for my first player prop. Uh, it's kind of twofold. I want you kind of guys to hear me out on this and it's going to, it's centered around Ben Roethlisberger, and there's kind of two ways for me to look at this. And it was, uh, I was going to take the over on either his passing yard, which is at 229 and a half, or his pass attempts at over 39 and a half. And I want to start with the spread here because the spread is obviously uh, in double digits. And I think, you know, a lot of us are expecting the Chiefs just kind of come out and, and just blow them out, or at least for the, the Steelers from, to be playing from behind. And which just tells me that the Steelers are going to be playing from behind in this game and they're going to have to throw the ball to play catch up. So the handicap for me here really was is that the books have a projection of Big Ben to throw at least 38 to 39 pass attempts. Right now I'm currently seeing 39 and a half on his pass attempts. And over the season, Big Ben threw um, on average six pass yards per pass attempt. Now this season, Big Ben had nine games where he had 40 or more pass attempts. And in eight of those nine games, he threw for 230 or more passing yards. The average passing yards in those games, in those eight games, was 254 passing yards. So I think this is a bit correlated that if I think they're going to be number one playing from behind, Big Ben is going to have to throw the ball. And I think that if he gets over his pass attempts of 39 and a half, he's also going to go over 229 and a half passing yards. So you can kind of play this both ways, but I kind of want to get your thoughts on what you guys thought about this player prop. Um, kind of correlation here between the pass attempts and the passing yards, Dan, I want to start with you. What do you think? Uh, there's certainly a correlation to it. I would probably be more comfortable with the pass attempts than the yards. Yeah. We know that his a dot is like negative. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> if you're throwing a whole bunch of Deontay Johnson screens the whole time, it's not going to net a whole lot of yards, but he's going to have to throw the ball and Najee Harris got banged up uh, last week. So we know that he may not be, I mean, he's going to still give it a go, but if he's yeah. not a hundred percent, you would love for them to lean on the run game here, but they may not be fortunate enough to do that with yeah. that spread being 12 and a half. This, this is one of the bigger spreads that confuses me this weekend. I haven't bet on it yet, but the line hasn't really moved that much at 13 and a half. We see a lot of sharp money coming in uh, towards the Steelers. And it's only moved a point. So with big Ben talking all this stuff about like, Oh, well, we're just going to go out there and have fun. You know, the world doesn't yeah. think we have a shot. Part of me thinks that like, we know Tomlin in these underdog scenarios is, is usually very profitable, not as a double digit dog, but he figures out ways to, to make these games closer than they, than they should be. And it's big Ben's, you know, it's his curtain call. I wouldn't be surprised if he actually had a really fucking good game. Right. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely on the side of worst comes to worst. They're going to be playing from a really large deficit. Ben, big Ben's got to throw the ball a little bit more. So I love the passing attempts over, than the yards. But even if they keep it close, he's still going to have to throw the ball. So uh, I think it's a win-win. Uh, Rod? 
Yeah, I can see the over on the pass attempts too, but here's here's my take, okay? My brother is a Chiefs fan, so I, I think I've suffered more with him over Chiefs uh, fandom than, <laughs> than anything. But here's the thing about the Chiefs, right? They frustrate the hell out of their fans in so many ways, and you watch games where or they will blow somebody out and and score four times as many points as you ever would have thought. But then they'll come back the next game and they'll barely beat the, the team that they're supposed to kill. So I almost have a feeling, and and maybe I'm wrong, but this this feels like a trap game. This feel I'm not Doesn't saying it? that they're gonna lose, but right. I'm saying that these Steelers are gonna keep it a little more closer. So I'm thinking that there may be an opportunity for Najee Harris to get more involved in this because the, the Chiefs have a way of playing down sometimes to their opponents. And and we haven't seen it much in the playoffs, but they've also probably got to be thinking in the back of their head, we can we can beat these guys. Let's save a little bit for next week when the real playoffs start. So they may throttle down a little bit and, and have the talent, unfortunately, to do so. So, um, yeah, the Steelers are going to be playing from behind, and, and I think the Big Ben over is, is good there, but... I don't know, man. Be careful, because this could be a, a very low, I don't want to say a very low scoring game, but lower than what we think it's going to be in this case. just feels that way to me. Yeah, I just thought that, you know, you know, the last two weeks, like for Ben Roethlisberger, he had 40 plus attempts in his last two games in the regular season, even against the Ravens, where we thought it would be where the final score was 16 to 13. Yeah, it did go into overtime, but he threw for 44 times in that game, which netted 244 yards. And in the season, or sorry, the game prior to, against the Cleveland Browns in that, you know, kind of farewell game, he threw for 46 yards. We knew, or sorry, 46 pass attempts. We knew that he was just going to come out and sling the ball because his last game at Heinz Field. But yeah, I, I just think that I kind of do talk to you guys about, it. I think I do like this over pass attempts more than the passing yards, but I won't be surprised if he does get over 230 and a half, uh, so 230 uh, passing yards, uh, just because he has to throw that many times against uh, this Kansas City Chiefs defense. Um Let's get to your next one, uh, Rod. What do you got, man? All right. So uh, since we flipped around and add one more, I'm gonna I'm gonna save my best best bet for last. So we'll we'll yeah. go here. Well, uh, I'm gonna take Stephon Diggs and Devon Singletary to uh, Dev- Devon Devon Singletary <laughs> to combine for over one and a half touchdowns. This one's coming in at plus one ninety. Here's the thing about this one, though. I understand the weather is gonna be a gigantic factor, so you, you may even get both of these touchdowns out of Devon Singletary because the run game is gonna be so prevalent, and they may be the only two touchdowns that the Bills can manage in this game against the Patriots. Um, and 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 in fact, the last time these two teams met, obviously it was in much better situation weather-wise. Uh, but this this prop hits. Stephon Diggs got a, a receiving touchdown, and Devin Singletary crossed the goal line. So um, this this is definitely something that can happen. And again, if you expect this game to be more of a slugfest because of the weather, um, Devin Singletary is going to definitely play a gigantic role over this, and he's definitely known to to score some touchdowns. Um, And I think it's a safe bet that he's going to get across the goal line. And I mean, look, Stephon Diggs is Stephon Diggs. Playoff Stephon Diggs is definitely much better than than anybody you can ask for. So to expect him to get in the end zone at least once in this game, especially against New England, is, is I think, completely in the realm of possibility. So uh, if you're going to tell me that both of these guys are going to get a touchdown in this game, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say yes. Thoughts on that, Dan? Yeah, my my concern was always with with Stephon Diggs is just the fact that Bill Belichick finds a way to always scheme against the other the opposing team's best player. But I'm not you're not banking on Stephon Diggs to go for 100 yards. You just need to score a touchdown. So I, I think you're lowering the barrier of risk a little bit more um, because I do think that the Bills are going to score here. And the weather, while it's going to be cold, we shouldn't have the anywhere near the 
the weather conditions that we had in the first matchup, which was, you know, resulted in Mac Jones only throwing th- for three times. Yeah. So uh, if the Bills are going to win this game, they're going to have to use uh, their skill players. And that's going to be, you know, Stefan Diggs and, De- and Devin Singletary. And we've seen Devin Singletary really kick it up a notch with, with Zach Moss, you know, getting less carries, Matt Breida kind of being more of the change of pace back. Uh, Devin Singletary has really k- picked it up recently. So I like yeah. the play. If, if someone's going to score for the Bills, selfishly, I really like Gabe Davis just because I, I you know, <laughs> we were talking about season props. Well, we were talking about season long props before, but I, I, if I'm, if it's playoffs, you're right. It's playoff digs. They're going to get the ball to their playmakers. I, I like this. And it, you get it at plus money. So I like that both of your, your picks thus far have been at plus money. So you're getting definitely some good value there over uh, some sports books here. Yeah, especially at close to two to one on this, uh, your stars have to shine in the playoffs, right? Like you, you mentioned, Dan, that Belichick has a habit of taking away your best player, but I, I think this might be a higher scoring game that people are expecting, right? They, they talked about the weather, but Dan, you nailed it that there's no win factor in this game here. Right? Uh, it's not like the game that we saw, um, you know, last month or a couple months ago, uh, where or sorry, back in December six, where wind was a huge factor over there in uh, in was it New England, um, but I'm oh, sorry, in Buffalo, but in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. yeah, so I, I that, that that factor's not going to be there. So I think there's going to be points to be scored in this game. Stephon Diggs, I, I still have that image where I remember last season where the Chiefs beat them in the AFC Championship and they were celebrating again that trophy. And he was just standing there and watching. And I think that we're going to see a different type of Stephon Diggs uh, in this game against the uh, New England Patriots. So I really like this at when you're close to two to one on this player prop rod. So a uh, great find on that one. Dan, number two, what, what, side, what, what side are you guys on for that game? Have you have you decided? This line has kind of moved against me. I did like the Patriots, but now I see that the Bills are up to four and a half. Um, but I will say this: I, as far as the side, I still do like the Patriots, but I love the over in this game because um, I think the points are going to be had in this game. Yeah, I think the Bills. Right? Yeah, I think the Bills in this case. I mean, look, hats off to the rookie for making it to the playoffs. But this is where this is where the vets shine. And I think that, you know, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, all these guys, they've got the experience. And, you know, Mac Jones, he'll learn something here. No, I mean, it's not like he's going to walk away from this with nothing, but he's going to learn what actual playoff teams look like. So I don't know that he has what it takes to, to step it up in this postseason. Yeah, the pressure's on the Bills, right? Like, it's, it's not on the Patriots. Patriots are playing with house money, you can say, because they're, number one, like Rod said, they have a rookie quarterback coming into this playoff game, but for the bills, they were in the AFC championship game last year and ever so close to getting to the super bowl. And now you're going up against a division opponent for the third time this season. Um, you know, there's things that have been learned by both squads and both head coaches. And, and I think this is going to be a big test for, uh, for not only the bills, but again, a, a big learning thing for the, uh, for, for Mac Jones, a rookie, um, uh, you know, for him to learn what it's like to be in the playoffs in your rookie year and to kind of carry that momentum next year for the Patriots. But it's been a hell of a season for Mac Jones. Uh, Dan, number two, what do you got? Number two pains me to say going with the GOAT, Tom Brady over 274 and a half passing yards versus the Birds. I'm sorry. I just got to – this is going to be Tom Brady's moment, man. You can't – as much as I love my Eagles, they're, they're outmatched here. They're the <laughs> second worst team in the playoffs right now next to the Steelers. They really have no business beating, being there. They haven't beaten anyone with over a 500 record since uh, the, the Saints earlier in the season. So uh, this is going to be tough sledding here. Tom Brady led the NFL in passing yards this year. Old as hell, but he's still doing it. He averaged a career best 312 uh, passing yards this season per game. And uh, he did this in 65% of the games this season. 
They faced off in week six. He had 297 yards. Some might think, yeah, AB's not there. No Chris Godwin. Guess what? Tom Brady won with far less talent in the course of his career. And um, this is playoff mode Brady. I think he's going to have a fortunate um, scenario where he's playing at home. He has he averages 310 passing yards at home this season. And I think Gronk's going to have a big day against the Eagles' leaky secondary um, in terms of guarding against uh, tight ends. And yep. uh, he's going to have a day. And we know that their running back room isn't the healthiest. Ronald Jones isn't going to play. Lenny Fournette is coming off of a hamstring injury. So uh, I'm expecting them to lead on lead on Tom Brady's arm here and get the victory. Uh, Rod, thoughts on the GOAT? Is, is playoff uh, mode Brady an action figure that we can buy? I feel like that's something <laughs> that we should NFT right there. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of like that, Dan. There's just no, there's no stopping Tom Brady. And my daughter... She hates, she's 11 years old, can't stand Tom Brady for the life of her. She's like, Tom oh. Brady's a big whoop. Like, you taught her she, well. Yeah, she wanted, well, yeah, <laughs> she wanted to like the Patriots for a second. Realized Tom Brady was on. She's like, no. Then she's like, my team's the Buccaneers. Then he moved to the Buccaneers. And then she's like, I can't believe it. So, uh, but yeah, the guy, the guy writes his own, obviously, story. I want to know what the odds are on him playing again next season. I want to, I'm going to want to take those. I know he probably will, but, uh, yeah, you know, if he goes off with a championship, how can you how can you come back? He'll right, come back. that's probably what he's thinking to himself too. So, yeah, I think he will. I think he'll play till he's sick. I think uh, retirement think, plan right there. Yeah, I, I think Dan is not giving enough credit to his Philly team, but we'll get to that and we'll kind of wrap up final thoughts. But Ooh. yeah, I, I can't. Uh, <laughs> you can't take it under with Tom Brady, right? I mean, even though like you highlighted, some of their key guys are out with Chris Godwin. They do get a uh, playoff Lenny back, so uh, that's a big boost for them. He was instrumental, I think, probably the most important player last year in their Super Bowl run. It was um, not having Antonio Brown hurts a little bit, but you know you still have Gronk. Um, you still have uh, Mike Evans. And again, Tom Brady will make something out of the, these some of these wide receivers that didn't do much this season for them. He'll find a way to make them productive. So, yeah, yeah. Can't get behind an under for sure. I would definitely back an over with Tom Brady. Yeah, the um, only thing that concerns me a little bit is that the Eagles have had so much success running the ball. Now, the Tampa Bay's defense has was you know top of the NFL for so long in rush defense. But uh, the Eagles have had a lot of success running the ball. So if they can slow the clock down, keep Brady off the field, kind of a similar scenario of the San Francisco 49ers in Dallas, uh, this could really give it a sweat. But um, this game was – the game was 28-22, but it really wasn't. The, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had 100, over 100 yards in penalty yards. So um, I think this game could have been a blowout last time. So, yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry, Eagles fans, Sean. It's not going to be good for us on, uh, on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> uh- <laughs> Let's I hate get... to say I, I had I had to bet Tampa Bay, man. Ain't a half too small. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm loyal. I'm loyal to my bankroll, not oh, not my man. team anymore. Yeah. Oh God. So yeah. then uh, <laughs> we'll we'll discuss that at the end. We'll, we'll get to the end. Um, <laughs> let me get everybody to my... unsubscribing now. <laughs> let me get to my next player prop. Uh, I'm gonna go with. I, I kind of have to do this because. I think this is gonna. I think points are gonna be at a premium in this game for me personally. I think it's gonna be that same game that hot, uh, the hot rod, hot rod <laughs> highlighted. <laughs> it's gonna be uh, Joe Burrow under on his passing, uh, passing yards. And look, we haven't heard much information about the knee injury that was suffered in that game against the Chiefs. Obviously, he didn't play in the final week against the Cleveland Browns. Um, so, is the mobility really gonna be limited? 
Um, first playoff game for him, I think. Uh, I think it was uh, Jacks John Jackson that dropped that stat today in the Slack channel that said rookie or first time um, quarterbacks that are in the playoffs really struggle, not only covering the spread. Uh, but also putting up numbers. So I think that, you know, with Joe Burrow, as great and prolific as their offense was this year, um, I think we might see a conservative approach with Joe Mixon running the ball more uh, for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. And that D-line, you talked about this earlier, uh, Dan, that that D-line for the Raiders, they are their beast. They didn't. If you kind of look at their blitz rate, it wasn't very high. They they were bottoms in the league in blitzing, but that front four for the Raiders, they can cause some havoc. Let's by Max Crosby, man. That guy was an animal last week uh, in that in that in that game against the Chargers. But for for me, I just don't think as great as Joe Burrow has been this season. I just think that it's not gonna. He's not gonna have that many passing yards in this game. So I'm taking the under on his. Um, I'm sorry, his passing yards, which is currently listed at 263 and a half uh, for Joe Burrow. Uh, thoughts on that one, uh, Rod? Let me start with you. Yeah, and it, it, playoffs are such a different animal altogether. I mean, the nerves, the jitters, and and you're right, first playoffs for for Burrow. And and I love that stat by Jackson. By the way, we need to find it and, and I guess tweet it out too on SGPN Fantasy because that's a it's a really telling stat as far as rookies or first time uh, playoff quarterbacks and what they are able to do. And look, Derek Carr on the other end is is the same type of uh, situation too. Yeah. So uh, you know, but again. With Burrow, I think you're right. I think Mixon gets a little more carries because a lot of these guys are just going to be a little more conservative with their first-time quarterbacks. Uh, Jamar Chase is is going to get his, that's for sure. Um, but I don't think he's going to have another 3,000-yard uh, day. So I, I think, yeah, Joe Burrow under 260 is probably a, a safe assumption uh, in this game. I don't think it's going to be a, a high-scoring, high-flying game either. I think it's going to yeah. be a lot of uh, jabs and jabs until somebody finally lands that haymaker. Yeah, I, I should have mentioned this, that these two teams did match up earlier this year in Vegas, and Joe Burrow was 20 of 29 for 148 yards in that game. Um, so, you know, fell over 100 yards short of the projection, at least against his Raiders um, defense uh, in that game. But, Dan, any thoughts on Joe Burrow uh, for this weekend? Yeah, I, I, I have the same concern about uh, the injury that he left the game with in Week 17 and not really hearing much about it. And I'm really concerned about that Raiders defensive line, as I stated earlier. So I'm on the Raiders side of things. So by nature of it, I would take an under on Joe Burrow. Yeah, I just don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's, it's weird to me that we haven't heard much about. Maybe it's nothing with a knee, but maybe they're just keeping it super quiet. Um, and we'll see how he kind of performs uh, on the first game this weekend on Saturday, uh, kicking off at 4.30 Eastern on Let, NBC let's, let's, let's not forget that the Bengals yeah. lost to the Jets at some point in the season. <laughs> so. That too, yeah. I mean, I think everybody's just hyping up for almost a 1,000 yards that Joe Burrow threw for in the final two or the yeah. final two yeah. season. Sorry. He wasn't consistent the yeah. whole season here. So, you know, I, I think people are – I was actually fading the Raiders towards the end of the season. Like, I didn't really believe this luck that they were getting into. But, like, what I saw last week, the way that they were just getting pressure – you, you can't that's that's playoff football right there when you're in your face winning in the trenches like that's that's what uh changes the, the scope of things so i don't i don't see the raiders letting up here if they sense weakness they're gonna be all over his ass so yeah, yeah. i'm with raiders here especially like with some of the defenses that they did play this season uh, against denver he only threw 157 yards against the pittsburgh steelers 
in a win, he threw 190 yards. I think that was a game where Joe Mixon absolutely just went off. Yeah. Um, even against the Jets, he only threw for 259 yards, which kind of got under this projection. But um, yeah, I don't think you know, Joe Burrow is not going to have a, a great of a week that people are uh, thinking uh, he has. So let's kind of pump the brakes on Joe Burrow. Um, let's Watch do this, guys. <laughs> <laughs> let's take one last break here. We'll come back. We're going to identify best bets for this weekend. And then we'll get final thoughts on uh, the Eagles from Dan and then the 49ers as their teams are in the playoffs this weekend. So we'll be right back after this break. The fantasy season may be over, but the action is still coming on the Better Fantasy app. Download their free-to-play app today to bet on player props for the NFL playoffs. You can also enter their player prop pools and score big when you win. We love Better Fantasy because we can win awesome prizes and even raise money for charity along the way too. It's totally free to play. You'll earn better credits by completing challenges and use them to place your bets. Better Fantasy is available worldwide and in all 50 U.S. states. Download the app today over at betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. Since when did sports betting become so rigid? Sports betting is meant to be social. When I picture betting, I picture bootleggers with mustaches tossing bets around in a speakeasy. SoBet is taking the social lineage of betting and putting a modern twist on it by providing a modern platform. SoBet is changing the game with their new product. Head over to SoBet.io and create an account to see for yourself. Through their fully functioning and free web application, you can access a demo of their app which will launch next fall. The app includes consensus lines from Vegas, a feed of what other people are betting on, and the ability to send friendly wagers to anyone you know via QR codes, text, and links among other methods. No money is transacted on the app and is purely competitive. Next time you're with your friends watching sports, turn the dial up a notch. Go to SoBet.io and you and see who can win and hit the most ridiculous bets. Users have the ability to place bets off Vegas odds or generate a bet by changing any metric they want, as long as somebody is on the other side to accept. Let's get back to the roots of betting with SoBet. Go to SoBet.io slash SGPN. That's SoBet.io slash SGPN today to join the revolution. And don't forget, guys, the SGPN app is now live on the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you access to all of our picks and podcasts. Don't forget to toss up an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, coming off of the break, let's get to our best bets for the Super Wildcard Weekend. Rod, I'll start with you, man. Give me your best bet for this weekend. What do you got? I think I'll stay with my favorite team. And uh, we talked a little bit about the Niners running game uh, earlier on, but this is going to be Elijah Mitchell over 19 and a half carries. Once again, Dan, plus money. I love me some plus money bets. Uh, plus 105 for this one. Look, since week 10, every game that he's played in, he has not had less than 21 carries. We know how sexy Debo Samuel is. We know how much that they love to give Debo carries. But Elijah Mitchell is their guy. There's nobody else that that fights as much as, as Elijah Mitchell. And like I said, last week against the Rams, he had 21. Against Houston, he had 21. Didn't play for a while there in between. But Seattle, 22. Minnesota, 27. Uh, the Rams, again, 27. So they get Elijah Mitchell touches. Like, they get him carries. So if you're going to tell me in a playoff game where we know they want to get the running game established, uh, you're going to give me 19 and a half. Uh, at plus money, I have a feeling this is going to happen. 
because here's the thing, the, the Cowboys over the last few games too, it's not like they're given any one uh, running back uh, a ton of touches last week against Gainwell and Huntley. Uh, they combined actually for 25 carries. That is basically what you're going to be getting out of Elijah Mitchell in general. Cause you know, the Eagles with a good running game. Yes. Uh, but you know, uh, Hertz cuts into that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, this is a situation where I think Elijah Mitchell is going to be established and in order to do that and early. So, you know, again, by the end of the day, he's going to probably end up with 23, 24 carries altogether. Yeah, there's something, uh, game three, there game script that I want to get to when we talk about this, but I do love this play, especially I think they're going to come out and establish a run. And we know that's what the 49ers are really um, known for doing, running the ball and running it effectively. And I think that's where they could kind of take it, uh, advantage of the Dallas Cowboys defense. But Dan, thoughts on this uh, best bet from Rod? No, I'm on it. I, I, I'm appreciating the run-heavy approach that San Francisco is about to have, and uh, Elijah Mitchell is definitely going to factor into that. So I don't see any reason why he's not going to get a handful of carries here. Whatever they can do to stop Jimmy Garoppolo from making a mistake is what they're going to do. So you, you got to hand the ball off. And, uh, as, and, and as Trent Williams is back, man, you got you to rely on the line here. Dan, let's get to your best bet, man. What do you got? So I'm pump faking at the uh, at the goal line here, and I'm going to switch it up because I just saw something that entered the board here that I'm going to go all in on, and that is Jalen Hurts over 16 and a half passing. Oh, never mind. Wait, run that back. Psych. Joking it back. Uh, I thought I read it wrong. I thought it was passing attempts. I was like, wait, that seems way too low. Um, so I'm going anytime touchdown. Daryl Williams uh, for the Chiefs. Clyde Edwards, Alaire has just been ruled out. Makes too much sense, you know, especially with a game script that we're potentially, I mean, I know we're both, we're all a little bit fishy about what the outcome may be, mm-hmm. um, but I still think that there's going to be a goal line opportunity for Darrell Williams here. We saw the success that he had with CEH out. He was their lead back. He's active in both the pass and the rush and the, the pass and the rush game. So I think they're going to be utilizing him. We know Steelers defense is competent. They can, they can definitely show up and play. Uh, we have TJ Watt coming off the edge there. Mahomes might have to be mobile, get a couple dump passes. I think there's going to be some room for uh, Darrell Williams to have success here. So anytime touchdown, got that at minus 120, I believe. Uh, minus 110, excuse me. Um, so, yeah, I, I like him to get a touchdown on uh, on Sunday. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets one uh, catching it out of the backfield because I think he, he, he's he been an important part of the passing game for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. And, no, I think we saw it back against the Raiders when they absolutely whooped them 48-9 to nine, that he had a, a a kind of a wheel route touchdown in that game. And and again, um, I've seen this way too many times for the uh, for Daryl Williams and this Chiefs that he finds a way, just Mahomes to find him. And, and in that red zone where he kind of dumps the ball down to him where he's able to break it out, catch it, and run it in for a touchdown. And again, we're talking about any time here. So he could be rushing or receiving for Daryl Williams. So especially with CEH out in this game, um, Daryl Williams is going to have to step up. So uh, imagine him to have a big game for the Chiefs as well in this game. So hopefully he can find the end zone for your best bet. Dan, thoughts on that one, Rod? Yeah, I mean, against the Bengals, he hit two himself, right? Two two yeah. touchdowns against the Bengals. Um, obviously, he was kept out against Denver, but you know who, who needed to do what? against Denver to, to win that one. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a good call. You're right. Touchdown, touchdowns have to be scored. And I think that uh, this is going to be a situation. I don't know that Kelsey's going to get in the end zone. So, you know, somebody's got to score a touchdown. And the running back position in Kansas City is such a wild card anyways. You just never it know is. what to expect from it. So it I- I'll bet on a touchdown for Darrell Williams. That'll work. Yeah, okay. So for my best bet, it's kind of been a, a, a particular prop that I've been 
back in all season long, and you guys know this, and it's been a, a longest reception. And I'm going to go with our guy uh, and one of your guys as well here, a guy that we've talked about a lot over the last uh, couple weeks here on the 49ers, and that's Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel, longest reception, over 25 and a half receiving yards. And look, we know the story. We discussed this earlier in this podcast and over the past several weeks with Debo Samuel that if Debo Samuel's on the field and he's producing, the 49ers offense goes. And this season, Debo Samuel played in 16 games for the 49ers. In 12 of those 16 games, Debo Samuel had long receptions of 26 or more yards. Further, Samuel has gone over this projection in four straight games for the 49ers. Additionally, the Cowboys defense allowed receptions of 26 yards or more to opposing um, wide receivers and um, running backs in 16 out of the 17 games this season, including seven out of eight home games this year. The only uh, team that did not have a long reception um, of this yardage was the Atlanta Falcons, where that game the Cowboys won 43 to three and the offense was pretty much non-existent for the Falcons, but I'm banking on Samuel. If again, if the Niners are going to win, I'm expecting Samuel to have a big uh, a game for the 49ers. And I think he's going to be the guy again for the 49ers this Sunday against the uh, Dallas Cowboys. So I'm taking uh Debo Samuel, a longest reception over 25 and a half receiving yards for the 49ers this week against the Dallas Cowboys. Rod, I'll start with you about Debo, man. What do you think? Well, and here's the thing about Debo. It's yak. Like the guy can catch the ball and turn a 10 yard run or 10 yard catch rather into a 30 yard pass. So yeah. it, it's a matter of him being able to just take a, a simple cut route and just break it out. So if you're going to tell me that he's got a possibility to do that every game, he does. So I'm going to bet that because so far it's won more than it's lost. And, yeah. you know, with the situation where, we're going to get Debo more involved, obviously. Uh, yeah, one of those that he's going to catch is going to end up being at least 25, 26, 27 yards, if not to the house, you know, 30, 40 yards out. Yeah, it almost seems like every time that Debo Samuel catches one of these slant passes from Jimmy G, he's breaking it down the field for a very long reception. So uh, I feel very confident about this as my best bet. Dan, any, th- uh, sorry, any thoughts on Debo Samuel, long reception over 25 and a half receiving yards here? Yeah, I think that this is going to be the exposure of Trayvon Diggs. The dude led the league in interceptions, but he actually grades out per PFF as uh, one of actually the lowest ranked quarterbacks when t- or cornerbacks when targeted because he gets beat on double moves. So you send Debo down, out, and up, across the middle, whatever it's going to take, like he's going to get beat for at least one big play. He's good for that. So that's what I would be looking for for that angle is really to see him. He's probably going to be matched up against Trayvon Diggs because that's the the opposing wide receiver's best player. Um, so I'd expect him to uh, get creative. Kyle Shanahan, once again, get creative, get uh, a little bit more separation. You know, maybe it's a post route corner or something to uh, get a double move out there and uh, get those yards. Yeah, 100%, man. Hopefully, uh, Debo Samuel has a big um, game for the 49ers. Um, So that's going to be our player props. We gave you three player props each, along with our best bets for the Super Wild Card Weekend. Last order of business is two two parts of it, and I'm going to start with you guys' teams playing this weekend. Uh, Dan, I will start with you. Eagles versus Buccaneers. You kind of already alluded to it. You don't think the Eagles really have a chance in this game, but – how do you think it kind of plays out for me or uh, for you? And if you do think the Eagles 
or what do you think the Eagles game plan has to be if they even want a remote chance in your head to win this game? Uh, success running the ball. And I think Jalen Hurts is going to start out. Uh, I wouldn't mind taking a first half under here because I think there's going to be the, the teams did play together before. We haven't really seen what the Eagles have looked like in the last couple of weeks because their offense has just been been out with COVID and injuries and such. So, you know, I think if the Eagles are going to have a chance, they're going to have to come out, establish the run, keep Brady off the field, second half, make an adjustment, start throwing the ball, make them uncomfortable because that's where Tampa Bay's weakness is. It's in their secondary. So if they can mix in some kind of a game plan like that, I think they could find success. But ultimately, I think it's going to be too much. As I stated before, I think that the, the game before in week six was a lot closer than it actually appeared. The yeah. Eagles were outgained 319 to 213 total yards. So they weren't really moving the ball that much. And if it wasn't for the penalties, they wouldn't have been scoring position. So um, this is the Bucks game to lose. I think the, the Eagles are in a similar situation as the Steelers. They shouldn't be here, but they are. So, yeah. you know, give it, give it your all. <laughs> but uh, as a realist and a, and a person that's already bet this, yeah. I got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers eight and a half. Final score prediction. Ooh, uh, let's go. 30, 31, 34, 17. All right. So no faith in the Eagles faithful for Dan this week, but hopefully they prove them. <laughs> Maybe hopefully they prove them wrong. And we'll talk, we'll be talking about it next week, but we, hey, their win see. total was their win total this year was like six. Yeah. And I didn't bet it, but I knew that they were going to exceed that. So I'm, I'm already happy. This is a win. Oh. Hey, Carson, Carson Wentz, Totally tanked. They didn't make the playoffs. We got an extra draft pick. I'm an Eagles fan. I'm happy for the long haul here, All but right. I'm also a realist. We ain't winning shit. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I like it. I like it. Uh, Rod, thoughts on the Eagles this weekend, man? On the Eagles? Ugh. I mean, Dan summed it up best. <laughs> like, really, this is a this is where you're just kind of hoping for a good game. You're hoping right. for some good stuff to happen. <laughs> Ultimately, I think you know the results of this. Tom Brady's going to run in and he's just going to stomp the field, but you're just looking for highlight stuff, right? You want to see a Gronk spike. You want to see yeah. Lenny get in the end zone. Uh, but you, I think really as an Eagles fan, you want to see some stuff to grow on. Because yeah, this is a situation absolutely. I don't think many Eagles fans saw themselves in, in the postseason. So, you know, they are grateful that there was an expanded playoff pool. So, you know, again, I'll watch it, but uh, <laughs> I, may, I may mute it. Uh, let's put it that way. <laughs> I think I'm going to put a little bit more faith in the Eagles than you guys are. I think they cover this game. Um, I think they, that running game does get good. Do you know, is Miles Sanders back for this game, Dan? Uh, he is coming back. Yeah. Okay. Um, it, said that, it said that he has a chance at playing. So okay. I'm assuming he's a go. I'm going to go 24, 24, 27. I think they keep it within a touchdown, but I think eventually Tampa does win, but um, I'll come back next week and uh, Tampa Bay probably won 48 to nothing, but we shall see. Uh, final <laughs> score prediction on this one, Rod, before we get to your Niners. Uh, I mean, I'm thinking this is more along the lines of like a 33 to 27 or maybe even 33, 24 type of a feel. I think the Eagles will get theirs, but you know, again, it's Tom Brady. He's going to want to prove that he can still play till he's 106. <laughs> All right, so another team that we need to get to here before we wrap up. Rod, your team, the 49ers, take on the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas this weekend. Uh, Lions hovering around three and a three and a half. Um, 
I've already bet the Niners. I think Dan has already bet the Niners. I think he said, but uh, feels and predictions and keys to this game for the Niners to win this out. Uh, broad. It's weird to see that we're only three point dogs. I, I just feel like this is the Dallas Cowboys have been hyped up as one of these gigantically, you know, huge teams in the NFC and that we're for us to only be three point dogs. It's, it's just, it's mind blowing, but I think it goes to prove that the Niners have been a scrappy team all season long. And we've dealt with some very, very key confusions at quarterback, right? Everybody was, and even Jimmy Garoppolo said himself, he was looking behind his shoulder to see if Trey Lance was going to start. And, and the beginning of the the season just felt so discombobulated with, you know, well, is he, or is he not right? I mean, now who's going to be at running back? Is it going to be Elijah Mitchell or, or is it going to be Trey Sermon? Like who's going to be our guy? So, all of a sudden, though, in the last four or five weeks, maybe six weeks, it feels like stuff is solidified and that the Niners are actually a team to reckon with. And I think that's where that three-point line comes from because in the beginning of the season, if you'd have told me that this is where we'd be, I probably would have told you you're crazy. But here we are, three-point favorites. And what it's going to take, I think, for the Niners to actually do this is to, one, just don't let Jimmy Garoppolo ruin this. I love the guy, to be honest with you. Like, I know there's a lot of hate for Jimmy Garoppolo because he's not the the flashiest of guys every single time. He's no Tom Brady. Let's put it that way. If we're going to yeah. put make that comparison of who he studied under, he's no Tom Brady. But he's definitely not a Sam Darnold. So let's let's kind of hedge ourselves there and say that he is a good quarterback when he's good. So what we got to do is we got to make sure that we put him in, in situations where he can be good. And you know what that happens? Handing the ball off to Elijah Mitchell, yeah. handing the ball off to Debo Samuel. So if we do enough of that to get the, the Dallas Cowboys high powered offense, right. To throttle down a little, um, I have a feeling that this is a game where we really can sneak through and, and win, but we got to play. And I know it's cliche as anything, but we got to play our game, right? We can't yeah. let the, the Cowboys kind of throw us off of what, what we do best. And right now that's run the ball. So if, if the Niners want to win, uh, they got to stick to the run game, and I think they've got to really just take uh, take Dak Prescott out of it. Because I know Zeke is is obviously their 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 main linchpin, and and Pollard's done well too. But Dak is the heartbeat of this this team, I think. And Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb and these high powered receivers, we got the defense to take them out. So, like I said, we just got to slow the game down, put it to our terms, and and make sure that we come out in the end with the win. Dan, thoughts on the Niners? I agree. That's that's uh, the angle that I'm going with, man. If they stick to the run game, don't let Jimmy G make mistakes. They should come out victorious here. I'm going to sprinkle something on the money line. Um, yeah, because I, I think I think San Francisco is just a better team. Yeah, uh, quickly, uh, you highlighted Elijah Mitchell over uh, rush attempts as your best bet. Uh, I was I wanted to ask you that is that then do we think that we should probably take the under on uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's pass attempts? Absolutely. I mean, I, well, I don't know what it is set at right it's now. 31 and a half right now. Thir- oh yeah. Please take, take the under on that one. I I'm pretty sure that Jimmy's not going to want to throw the ball. I don't think we want Jimmy to throw the ball that much. Again, I'm, I'm not saying I hate the guy, but you just can't, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the, the less you can put him in situations where he can throw the ball and turn the ball over the better you are. So yeah, I think under 30, if we throw the ball 31 times, we're losing this game. That's uh, that's actually in Jalen Hurts territory. I think I see Jalen Hurts is uh, passing attempts at like twenty nine and a half ish, and uh, you know he can he can use his legs. So that's uh, pretty that's pretty telling. If uh, they're setting the line at thirty one, they're like, yeah, this guy isn't throwing the ball here. Uh, all right, let's wrap it up with the. You had a thought there, uh, Dan? 
No, I was going to say line up Elijah Mitchell for like 20 plus carries. Easy. Yeah, 100%. Uh, final score prediction for the uh, Niners and Cowboys quickly, Dan. Uh, t- 30 27. Rod. Oh, that's funny. I was going to go moon off score 27 24. Niners on top. Yeah, I like 27-24. I'm trying to find a 50 and a half to take the over because I really think this is going to land as a three-point win either for the Niners or the Cowboys. Either 28-24 or 27-24 in that territory. So uh, definitely uh, we'll be rooting for the Niners uh, and the Eagles for sure if Dan doesn't want to you know, root for his Eagles. Uh, for my uh, team in the – yeah, Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders is actually playing. He said absolutely. And oh, he's yeah. saying stop discounting the Eagles because they're the most dangerous team out there. Okay. Okay, Miles. <laughs> just, just, no. Okay, Big Ben. Oh right, right, shucks, we don't stand right. a chance. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yes. As for my team in the playoffs this year, no, I'm just kidding, guys. We're, we're, we're looking for a we're, we're, we're in off-season mode. We fired everybody. The head coach is gone. Offensive quarter is, uh, coordinator is gone. I'm going to find a way for Jack Easterby and our, and our GM and our, and our owner to fuck up the next hire as well. So uh, that's what I got for myself. But uh, last question to you guys before we wrap up. Dan, Super Bowl – I'm sorry, the playoffs kick off this weekend. Give me your Super Bowl prediction, buddy. Oh man, Super Bowl prediction. I'm gonna go with the the Niners. Ooh, you're making Rod happy. And I'm gonna go with giving him the... an erection over there. <laughs> <laughs> Give us a good team. Come on. Uh shit. I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the Chiefs. Chiefs with the victory. Niners and Chiefs rematch from what two years ago. That's gonna be fun. God, yeah, you want my household to be all up in order again? My brother, <laughs> my brother got his first Super Bowl win over us, so I was a little disappointed at that. Um, all right, look, uh, the homer in me says the Niners. So the Niners, we're gonna go. We're, we're actually gonna find a way to make it to the to the Super Bowl. Uh, but I think we're gonna meet the Bills. So I think me and Adam are gonna have ourselves a little bit of a, hey. of a friendly wager on this one. So there we go. Um, I was gonna say Packers and Bills, uh, but again. <sighs> The Packers defense kind of scares me. I know the road goes through Green Bay here, um, but I think that if the Niners pull out this victory against Dallas, look out for them. I also do like the Niners to make a run, and that's not only from a financial standpoint, but um, (laughs) from what I'm seeing from this team, that if they're able to get past the Cowboys here, they can go into – I think they play Green Bay maybe in the next round, but uh, I'm going with the Bills for sure. Uh, from the AFC, and then I'll, I'll I'll go with I'll go with Packers for now. But give me Packers Bills Super Bowl uh, for uh, this year. That is the show for this podcast uh, this uh, week, guys. We will be back next week to get into the divisional round. Uh, this was a lot of fun recapping our picks from the season long, uh, getting into the player props for this weekend, and then you know talking about your guys' team and as well as our Super Bowl prediction. So, guys, thank you so much for joining me this week. We will be back next week. Dan, final thoughts and let the people know where they can find you, man. Uh, enjoy the weekend. Stay profitable. Don't bet on the Eagles. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dan Titus on um, Twitter. And yeah, I'll be around. Hit me up. Rod, final thoughts and let the people know where they can find you, man. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be a fun weekend. Lots of football to enjoy, at least for the next couple of weeks. So, uh, yeah, hopefully you are all uh, profitable, like uh, Dan said. You can find me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. Find the SGP and Fantasy Football Podcast, where you find this podcast and everywhere else. Uh, we actually had an audio book of DFS stacks 
this week. Mm. So we read Scott Simpson's uh, article uh, on the show. So make sure you listen to that so you can stay profitable there. And then, uh, yeah, we'll talk DFS next week as well. But uh, yeah, a lot of good stuff coming up on the pipe still for the SGP and Fantasy Football Podcast. 100%, guys. Enjoy the games this weekend, whether it's NFL, NBA, NHL, soccer, wherever it's going on. But obviously, all the eyes are going to be on the NFL playoff games this weekend. Hopefully, these player props come in for us. We'll recap them next week. We'll get into the divisional round. Till then, make sure to download the app um sgpn on your uh app store or google play store uh, all the picks and podcasts are right there at your fingertips head over to the website for all the work that all of our contributors are are, are putting together on the website a lot of guys are putting in these hours and get this content out for you guys so head over to the website and check it all out with that being said you can guys can find me on uh, twitter at sports 824 we will be back next week with the divisional round till then good luck this weekend with your butts books and your bets Uh, Let's break these books off and let it ride.